Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm a chubby chaser, an author, public speaker, and I'm speaking to you from an undisclosed location in COVID outside a very pretty tree. Uh, undisclosed. Trevor, what happened to him? <laughs> Shh, don't, don't tell him. Uh, I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub and... um. I mean, we're not in an undisclosed location. We're in our regularly disclosed location. Uh, I am Michael. I'm a chaser. And uh, I had almost forgotten how to do this. It's been a month and my memory goes quickly. But uh, I am current. My location is right next to Maggie, who is sleeping in the windowsill and looking super peaceful. So Uh, my name is Don. I'm a big chubby guy living in Hollywood. And I am remembering trees fondly. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Those are the ones with wings, right? Yeah. <laughs> All different colors, they fly around. Uh, so welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Yay. We've been away for a little while. Season I mean, two. Really. We take us away. We still gave you stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you want from us? We, we give, give you everything and we, we can. give. <laughs> I love it because the whole idea was like, oh, we're gonna go on a little hiatus and you know, we can we can at least each uh, take a break for three of the four weeks. Um, but then it was, it was never really addressed that I would still be working every week <laughs> on, on the new mini episodes. Michael doesn't count as, <laughs> as someone who gets a break. <laughs> so I, I need to know as somebody who did not get time off, what did you guys do with your free time? Uh, I got nothing. I, I mean, nothing. Okay. <laughs> Good same. job. Good job. I went Summer to Cabo. Well spent, everybody. <laughs> I went swimming with lots of people. I hugged people. That was nice. Spitting um, in their and mouth. And then you woke up. Yes. <laughs> Shared the meals greeting. at the same table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shook food. hands with someone. Yeah. Oh my God, you, you insane person. I, I lost my antibacterial soap and didn't panic. <laughs> <laughs> I um I've been watching a lot of Mad Men, which hmm. I forgot. It's just such a well crafted show. Mm-hmm. I I think I've started rewatching Blacklist. Is is that too pathetic to mention? I mean, <laughs> well, that actually dovetails with what I was about to say. Like, I feel like I have finished all the good TV, and now I am descending into the bad TV. Uh, <laughs> no, don't I do watched, it. Done. I watched Holy Moly. What that is, is that? a. Is- uh, that is a what miniature is golf reality comedy show. Yeah. Oh, I watched it. I've watched every episode. Ouch. Oh, boy. God damn it. No, see, Don, what you got to do is rewatch the good stuff. Because, I mean, if you're like me and you have no short-term memory, then that works out fine. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> like that. <laughs> every time is the first time. Um, well, I have been hard at work. Um, I've been lucky enough to have plenty of work to do. And uh, all of that is working for the chorus. And I actually wanted to talk about uh, one of the, so we produce videos uh, pretty regularly. And um, I've been trying to sort of continue to push forward um, the Black Lives Matter conversation and continuing to um, help people and engage with people. Um, and one of the videos we released was called um, The Power of Protesting, where we talked to a lot of chorus members um, about the various different ways that they engage with the movement. Um, it's a really solid video. I'm quite proud of it. Um, we'll share it, uh, share a link to it. Um, but I, I, the main thing I wanted to kind of accomplish with it, besides having a really great resource for people and, and relatable stories, was like it's now, well, it's been two months since the George Floyd um, protests and riots. Um, and I feel like people are are starting to, 
maybe not as much as, as previous times, but still starting to fall back into the old normal. Um, and I think it's important to like continue to remind and impress the uh, the importance of keeping the conversation going. So that was mostly of what I was up to. Well, over the while, while the Black Lives Matter stuff you've been doing with BGMC has been very good, you've actually been working with the Gay Men's Chorus of Boston for a really long time. So mm-hmm. like, if people want to see your stuff, there's there's a good body of work on YouTube right now. If they go uh, mm-hmm. Google or look for, uh, what is it, BGMC? Yeah, Boston Gay Men's Chorus on YouTube. Um, and we have a BGMC online, which is sort of what we have turned the chorus into during quarantine. So like, obviously they can't perform. Um, so the, the pivot that we've been making is, uh, producing video to continue to, uh, implement social change by using music to change hearts and minds. Um, so that's what I've been focusing on. We have hundreds of videos on our YouTube channel, um, as well as on the website. So that has been kind of my life for the past, well, Pretty much since May, but certainly in the last month, two months, uh, it's been quite busy that way. Hmm. So, Yay. Well, it's a good cause and you're doing good work. Thank you. So one thing I did watch over July and I emailed all of you about because I just freaked the fuck out when I saw this woman <laughs> on this movie was the Netflix original movie Eurovision. And it was cute. I mean, it's, it's a cute movie, but there was a segment in there where they just had all these old Eurovision winners in this sort of big mashup number. And the last one they introduced sort of like the big final entrance for it is this singer Netta, which I'd mm-hmm. never heard of before. I had neither. I, I had heard of Netta, but she kind of, I don't, I mean, once again, time is a flat circle. I can't even think about like a year ago, two years ago. I remember kind of when she blew up in Eurovision mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, I don't. I always see Eurovision stuff. I mainly saw this because she's fat. Uh, just that little piece of her on Eurovision completely just caught my attention. And then it turned out after I posted a few things about her on Facebook, it turned out I wasn't the only one. <laughs> um, like a bunch of my friends turned out to have watched the Eurovision movie because what else are you going to do right now? And <laughs> completely fixated on her. So I did like a deep dive into her for a couple of days, just became an utter fanatic. And uh, I think I feel like I'm looking at her right now the way you normally look at Lizzo. And there's, there's something about her, like her sensibilities just click with me. I well, like and her. the uh, one of her more recent videos, the the is Ricky it called Lake? Ricky Lake? It's yeah. called Ricky mm-hmm. Lake. This, mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah. it's everything it's awesome. I want that I didn't know I wanted. <laughs> yes. No, she's um, really phenomenal. She's just so quirky, and 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 her, her voice is so unique. Not just the sound of her voice, but like what she has to say is is so interesting. <laughs> There's a, I accidentally paused the, her video for Ricky Lake on, there's this one shot of uh, a sort of a tower of pastries and then just a woman's butt lowering down onto it. <laughs> I don't know, I the, some, the donut bathtub sequence is pretty, is, the is pretty arresting as well. The donut bathtub sequence is <laughs> I love it. I love that. Just <laughs> jars of mayonnaise yeah. that are Ricky Lake mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, every everything. I mean, so basically it's a video, I, I would say watching the video, it's sort of a message about how food is being like forced on people all the time, but this the mixed message of body image being shoved on you at all times and uh, re- a revolt against it, while also sort of an admission of the, the 
how how crappy can make you feel. But I feel like there's enough weird imagery in there where you can watch it and find whatever freaking Im- freaking meaning you want. It, it's so true. Or, yeah. yeah, like I, I don't think there's a message. I just think there's a whirlwind and or boy, yeah, I just know. be entertained. <laughs> but uh, there are three videos of hers online that I just want to point people towards. Uh, Toy cuckoo and ricky lake i think all three mm-hmm. of them are phenomenal and she has some other stuff but uh, uh even more interesting she's do, she's hosting a uh a covid quarantine talk show from her bedroom <laughs> uh where you can actually watch her like read viewer mail and then go like oh that's a really interesting <sighs> phrase and then start making a song out of it that blew me away to see her just look at a piece of text from somebody or and she would read it and she's like, oh, that's kind of an interesting phrase there and make that into a friggin song right on yeah. the spot mm-hmm. with her. I don't know what the machine she's using is, but it's amazing. It's a it's synthesizer. I think it's just it's it's a device that you can use to like loop sounds it's a like record. It's sounds a looper. Yeah, because and... there's no keyboard. It's just all her. Yeah. And then yeah. laying down tracks and loops. And it's just and she's so masterful at it. And I was blown away. The 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 comp the composition is really great. Yeah. yeah. You can also find the stuff she performed to win Eurovision on YouTube, and it's amazing stuff. So, so check her out. Just as, I a, mean, just, just as a new flavor for your your musical. Did did she and, win Eurovision? I mean, she, she won Eurovision. She was the moly. 2018 winner. Holy moly! Um, I don't think we've actually stated this up to this point. Not that it matters because she's a brilliantly talented artist. But the tie end of the show is that she is a fat performer. That's. That's the oh yeah. By the way, like, in case no, you don't know way. who she is, like she, this is yes, this yeah, is she's big and for, smart and beautiful, yeah, and she's awesome. Yeah. She's the Israeli Lizzo, and uh, yeah, she's just fantastic. she's incredibly charismatic too. I mean, obviously, to be that talented of a performer, I want her you to need team some, up with Lizzo. That oh would God, be yes. fucking wow. fantastic. The world would bloom back into life if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking Someone, of foreign music videos, I'm sorry. Yes, and people that uh, we would love to see collab with Lizzo. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I shared this. God, was it? I don't know. It last week or two weeks ago when I saw it um, uh, via Twitter on the uh, the Big Fat Gabe podcast Twitter account. <laughs> I guess <laughs> uh, Japanese comedian uh, Naomi Wantabe, who what, um, first came on to Watanabe, you know, my radar with um, she was cast in like a Japanese production of Hairspray. Um, oh. But, but the, the woman the, you're talking about is yes. Naomi Watanabe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who uh, did a parody of uh, Rain on Me by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande with um, mm-hmm. Yurian Retriever, who's another comedian. And it is, once again, just this amazing. It's not even a. I, I wouldn't that's say it's a parody. My, that's it's like, my balking point. It is not a parody. It is, it's, a, it is a recreation. Video. Yes. It well, is it's a recreation. Um, it is. Well, I mean, there are there's elements the, um, of it that are kind of humorous but for the most part it is a just a straight up recreation shot for shot i didn't see anything humorous about it i thought it was just good well i think like, the I, I, the skewers and yeah the meat skewers uh, I, I would say that's the only thing that I really so the video is the, the lady little... gaga video just so you know is like it's called rain on me and it's it's this it's mostly a dance video right. but, but um that said the, if you use meat imagery the, in a lady gaga parody you know it's it's appropriate her, the meat dress for her is iconic so <laughs> Like, I just see it as a Gaga reference. Yeah. Anyway, it's fantastic. Uh, like I said, I shared it on Twitter. I'll share it again on our other platforms. So we have mentioned Lizzo a couple times this episode already. Once or twice. Yeah. I'm yeah. curious, Trevor. Speaking of Lizzo. 
But it's, Lizzo Watch 2020. It's Lizzo Watch 2020. Hey, it's still 2020. <laughs> it's, Imagine it's that. Still. What's but, she up to these days? Uh, so, like everyone but Michael, Lizzo was on a little quarantine vacation, which she actually uh, seemed to get kicked out of her initial rental. Oh, um, oh she went away on vacation. Yes, in uh, it's uh, to an undisclosed location. So, like, uh, me, like me. Oh, like Dan. Yeah, <laughs> by, we can see uh, her behind Look the around tree. You, Dan. <laughs> you might see someone you recognize. Wait, is Lizzo there with you? Um, but she posted about getting kicked out of this rental early, and the owner of the property seemed to, you know, he kicked them out, and he said his reason was he was afraid that she and uh, her, you know, little quarantine pod of girlfriends were going to hurt him. And he showed videos of them dancing, basically. is like, you're going to hurt me, and I'm afraid, so I'm going to call the police. <laughs> what? Um... Like physically harm him, like attack yeah. him. Was he so, living uh, in the space? Oh. I I don't know. It seemed to be. Uh, I'm going to say he's racist. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But she uh, posted a video, kind of clapping back and twerking, sharing the story to a lovely. I'm guessing maybe somewhere Palm Springsy because it, it was her twerking. We zoomed out and we kind of see the desert behind her, and it's a mm-hmm. a beautiful <laughs> image. Um, <laughs> twerking in the sunset in the uh, the old west, so you get to see the moon going down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then up again. <laughs> um, Lizzo also kind of cleaned up as she always should and does um, at the BET uh, twenty twenty awards, mm. nominated for album of the year, best female artist, uh, the BET Her Award, female R and B pop artist, which she won. I'm imagining uh, that she has a a throne of awards kind of like the the sword throne in game of thrones <laughs> that i haven't seen game of thrones we might actually uh, give in maybe in fall quarantine <laughs> and watch that lizzo once again treated some frontline workers uh in las vegas to lunch from uh capriotti's which i've actually had i think it's at least a smallish chain i have had a very delicious sandwich from there so lizzo knows her sandwiches hmm. Not only is she taking care of the frontline workers, so um, rapper Megan the Stallion. Um, <laughs> I know Lizzo has a is a friend of hers. They've um, collabed on some stuff, but she was shot uh, several times and is recovering. Oh my! And uh, oh, Megan the the Stallion shared a video of uh, it was a giant stuffed dog that Lizzo sent her, but then it unzips and it was full of uh, all these little like her favorite candies and stuff. Um, which is a very hmm. nice thing to do, you know, if your if your friend gets shot, uh, Michael, if you got shot, I would send you Aww. something equally lovely. So we do have an actual main subject today. <laughs> <laughs> you um, had our tasty treats for this episode. Now let's get into the shit show. Yes. Yes. Because there's always a shit show in the world of. Well, our shit show is that we're still, you know, in lockdown because people can't get their shit together mm-hmm. but the the, the world pond. is healing and other countries have begun to return to yeah. people who normal. actually did do the mask thing are going back to normal bit by bit now so michael so, shared a story our, while we were in our little group text yeah, while we were away a, a listener actually sent this in um it's uh, a cnn article talking about a new policy uh in venice's tourism 
world, specifically about the gondolas that they use to taxi people around, which are treated very much like taxis are in like New York City. Um, and they reduced uh, their the maximum number of people allowed on a gondola from six to five. And the reason they cited was because tourists are too fucking fat, not in their own words, although their own words were not much nicer than that. <laughs> yeah, they <They're, laughs> I believe the article uh, says it's like it's like dropping bombs. Yes. yes. Go going forward with over half a ton of meat on board is dangerous. <laughs> I don't know if there was some translation issues from Italian to English there or if he just said that. Uh, but yes, they said they use the word meat. To refer to people. Well, well, yeah. the The word in Italian would be uh, would be carne, but it's 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 but it's meant to be flesh meat. It's it's sort of any. It's a it's a more general word than we would have in English. I suppose it still feels degrading. Um, well, yeah, but I I gotta say I don't have a problem with this because everybody wins. I mean, if you if I told you that we're gonna take out. Because again, if you reduce it from six to five, we're going to take out twenty percent of the airline seats and make them bigger, so more, so that we have more room on a plane. Everybody would win. Sure. Well, but let's. Uh, yes, I I don't disagree with the policy, but the way that they put it into the world was like spiteful. It was like like the way that they these are direct quotes from the people who made these decisions. Like I don't they they could have easily said, hey, uh, to accommodate our you know to to be best at at helping our tourists get around the city we're gonna you know reduce the blah 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 blah, so it's more comfortable or whatever it could have been any number of different ways of communicating well that. yeah but i mean the bottom line is it's because it's because of the weight and the weights have gone up and so they're reducing the number of people is it insulting to talk about you know carne uh, sure maybe well dro- it's like dropping bombs when people get onto the boat like this these are Again, these this when when you make a public statement like that, people listen to it. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's part of the toxicity around yeah. uh, that doesn't need to exist. It just doesn't need to be I'm, around. I'm willing to bet that the that the dropping bombs reference that probably lost a little something in translation, because I I could understand the reference of like uh, I there was a dock I used to go to and get into cat paddle boats from. And there was no way to get down into the boat gracefully. Right, exactly. So there was a little bit of a drop and there was a little bit of a thud when I hit the bottom. Um, so if if they are just saying that and the translation is leading it into something that's making it sound like I am belly flopping into your boat attempting to destroy it with my gigantic butt. I mean, that's that's what it sounds like when you say you're dropping bombs. But if that was a mistranslation, great. What I find interesting is so they emphasize that like it's not because of COVID, it's because people are too fat. But I have been just kind of anytime I see something now, I reassess like, is this going to continue after COVID? Because there is so much emphasis on just packing people in everywhere. Exactly. And like I'm curious to see how this changes. I still feel like anytime I do something touristy kind of like that, like the the gondola thing. I'm always just kind of aware, not just because of my size, but just how much they're just cramming people in like cattle into anything. And it's I, there's so many things I want to do, but I don't want to be packed in. Mm-hmm. So uh, and now I'm even more like, oh, my God, I, I can't believe we've been packing people into these spaces this way. Um, I, I think Michael's point is well taken. It was it was, <laughs> to say the least, indelicately put. Uh, but I think it's a good policy because it's going to help everybody. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with the actual decision. I think it's it's nothing but helpful because it makes everyone more comfortable on both sides of the issue, like the people yeah. who and, own and gondolas safe. and yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that I don't have a problem with that. I just think that when you make public statements, like you, you have to be careful about what you say because people listen to it. Yeah. And if you're contributing to toxic communication, mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. not helping anyone. It's just making it worse. Very that's, true. That's, and that if you have point. the opportunity to like say, you know, for the health and safety of our gondoliers and riders, <laughs> I know. Like, why happy- would you? Why would you not make it seem like a nice thing instead of just being like speaking as someone who's half Italian? It's because no, that's not how they talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just not that's not that's that's such an American thing to say in these uh, troubling times. In these troubling times, <laughs> these yeah, it's just such times. an American way to put it. You're, I mean, you're you're you're, to you're talking to a Vene- you're talking to a Venetian water taxi driver. He, it, that that's that's how it is. That's how it occurs for him. That's how he's going to say it. Is it indelicate? Yes. Is it nasty? Maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I, I think you're not talking to the public relations spokesman for the Gondoliers Union. There was uh, the guy who made the bombs comment was the president of the Association of Substitute Gondoliers, a group representing less experienced gondoliers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you may not actually want to use his services anyway because Are you it serious? might be a bumpy ride. That's that's the guy who made the bombs comment. Okay. And then, okay. Um, wow. <laughs> well, there you that's have it. That's amazing. The, there you have it, folks. That's the explanation. Oh my Moving God, on. I love that. Podcast complete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pr- uh, problem solved. No, maybe avoid his particular. Uh, so uh, the president of Venice's Gondola Association, uh, Andrea Balbi, uh, said over the last 10 years or so, tourists weigh more. And rather than having them step on a scale before they get on, we're limiting the number. That's a little more That's lovely. Uh, yeah. elegantly put. So, yeah. But this is in CNN and both quotes are... You know, it's like, it's all there. Yeah. One, ha- um, one has a lot more clicks than the other. Yeah. So that was one thing. But the prime minister of the UK who got uh, COVID and uh, recovered was, has basically decided to crack down on obesity by implementing a bunch of new policies, um, limiting advertising and basically sales of what they qualify as junk foods. And also by putting like calorie counts on menus because of his own struggles with obesity is that's that's where he's coming from. Um, but it's, it's all based around like the, we we've talked about this before in the show, like BMI and who's obese versus overweight versus morbidly obese and all that. Um, but this is, this is a, a new sort of thrust that came out of his, you know, the, and, and this is in the New York times, at least what we're referencing. And they're, they have all of these links to like linked obesity to a greater risk of serious illness or death from COVID-19. And like, I feel like these are things that we have debunked. Like we've, we've, like, is this, is this still a thing now? Is oh yeah, this- yeah. It's well, it's the, it's the same prejudice that always goes around. And I, I think Trevor has an idea for. I think maybe we'll cover it in a future podcast of, like, doing a deep dive into why that doesn't, why COVID is not the big scare for fat people that it seems to be. But what's interesting to me in this whole thing is that Boris Johnson, the the prime minister, he. There is a long history in the UK and in England for persecuting fat people for being the cause of everything bad in the healthcare system. And I used to think that, oh, well, you know, if you have socialized medicine and the government is responsible for healthcare, then the government is going to take a stand on obesity because they think they're linked. And but, you know, if you look at other European countries and other European countries have uh, government healthcare systems, they're not nearly as draconian as the UK system, which mm. seems to just have it in for fat people. It's it's remarkable the uh, the way they, they go after fat people in that particular region. He 
he's calls himself way overweight uh and and to him way overweight is uh standing 5'10 and 245 pounds which i mean maybe i have a skewed perspective <laughs> here but that's it's like uh, really that's that's where you're like oh come on well actually like every- technically again if you go by their silly bmi scale that's that is way overweight yeah. it's called obese uh and it's yeah. way beyond that even so but yeah it's all based on that sort of nonsense the thing that i'm seeing already with this affecting me directly is i'm seeing a lot of people reposting it uh and sharing it on social medias in the u.s mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. ways to basically it's it, I, I texted michael the other night at like 1 a.m just oh, like boy. michael what stands term for like oh no i'm just concerned about you being you're healthy not oh like, concern trolling like concern yeah. trolling yeah um yeah. i'm seeing a lot of concern trolling popping up all over mm-hmm. um including i i had a uh a Facebook exchange with a friend of mine who is a, a genuinely good guy. He's, I have no issues with this man, but he is a professional fitness model and actor. Um, and he started this ball rolling on his page of the whole, like, you know, it's time we have a serious conversation about oh, people getting healthy in this country. Why Jesus don't we Christ. pay attention to this? You know? And then uh, immediately because he's in that fitness community, just post after post after person, like sing it out, call it out. We let people get away with way too much. My God, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Why we, we need to help them see the light. And when I came back to him on his website and basically I could not figure, I was so angry when I read this that there was mm-hmm. no way I could post a response without foaming at the mouth. So what I ended up doing was turning around is like it, he cited something in his post about, I am tired of being told I'm wrong for living my life the way I live it. I'm sick of fit shaming um, oh, and fuck yourself. continued on about how he is a persecuted minority. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh my. And this should sound um, really familiar uh, to a lot of people right now named Karen. Right. And so I went back to him on, on that. And the, the response I posted was like, I would like to know more about this fit shaming thing. It's a new concept to me. Please explain it to me. Oh, good. Um, and I would love an mm. example. And the first response he sends me is clearly evasive. Like he did not want to talk about this with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, his first response was, well, it's just like fat shaming. It's yeah. exactly the same. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, oh, just like it. I'm having a hard time. Oh. Understand. Could, could you just give me one example? And so the example he gave me was a valid example of the way his body has been used against him. I will not. I will not call it out as saying it was shallow or tepid. He's a professional fitness person. He is an actor. He was on a major motion picture series as a recurring character and was fired because one of the lead actors felt uncomfortable standing next to someone who looked so good in the Mm -hmm. costume. Yeah. Right. Um, And that's valid. But that is one very small event. Like my my immediate encounter is like, well, guess what? I'm expected to like get turned down for most jobs and make probably 30 percent less than you the rest of my life because of the way I look. But no, you losing one job. That makes sense. You know, like, no, I get you. Yeah. Um, and, and and belittling his example would not have been a good thing. Right. No, no. And, um, and it, it actually brings up the greater question. We're, we're, we're dealing with how do you address the perception where people with privilege feel persecuted for their privilege? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not we're talking here in the context of fat or body size or whatever fit pseudo whatever you want to call fitness. I, I, I don't like that term, but whatever. Um, look, I'm going to call it looking privileged. <laughs> it's, 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 it's sort of body privilege. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the fitness, because, you know, it's not fitness and it's not health. I want to really stress that because having abs is no sign of health. It is a sign of having low abdominal body fat. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with exercise. It has nothing to do with diet and it has nothing to do with health unless it happens to it's they're not they're, they're It's not a one. They're not mutually inclusive. Yeah, it's it's someone who has abs is not any necessarily any more metabolically fit than someone who doesn't have abs. It just doesn't it's that's just not true medically. But we see this. We see this with uh talking about people who have white privilege or who have other kinds of privilege where they're they're um, they're persecuted and it's it's a very hard conversation to have because it's it's hard to talk them out of that mm-hmm. and so I applaud you Don for 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 listening to it so something that's come from this UK thing that's kind of on the same track as what Don's talking about but in a parallel is um, so they're talking about uh, the UK's has all these policies and many of them are targeting um, junk foods and fast food and, you know, restricting advertisements, mm-hmm. um, restricting buy one, get one free deals. And there were mm-hmm. people that were saying like the, the, the demonization of all of these foods will not solve the issue of yeah. obesity or health problems. That- sure. And it's, it's just predicated on the idea that, uh, ha- like, obese people are compelled to eat lots and lots of junk food. And if mm-hmm. you, if you limit the junk food, then you limit the obese people like that's yeah. It's simplistic. Just it's falsify. It's yeah. It's, it, it, it's one of those things where like, I, I don't think it's even, the issue isn't even confounded by, it isn't even con, uh, confined by a party or political thought. I mean, we live in a country where our president lied about his weight because he was embarrassed about it, but then Everyone like everyone I agree with politically started going after him for being fatty, fatty two by four, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's like this is not conducive to the conversation, you know, like the thing that our idiot president is suffering from is a body, a body discomfort that many of us in this country have. If we were maybe a little more understanding with him, maybe more people could talk about it. You know, well, there's that there's there's still the idea that fat shaming is very wrong unless you really hate the person. Then it's OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, what I wanted to say about the the education side of it, because people are like, what do you mean education? I, uh, the English chef, Jamie, Jamie Oliver, did an interesting, uh, he mm. had a TV show back a while ago, and he went to a, uh, a kindergarten in England, and he walked in with a tomato, and he said to the, and this is a very uh, uh, low-income group of kindergartners, and he went to the kindergarten, he said, do you know what this is? And they looked at him and they just all shook their heads. Nobody knew what it was. And he said, this is a tomato. And they went, oh, and like one or two kids had heard of a tomato, but that's nice. But it was an abstract concept to them. Like, yeah, we've heard of tomatoes, but we've also heard of kiwi fruit and we don't have that either. And then he said, this is what ketchup comes from. And the whole room went, oh, okay, mm-hmm. now we know what it is. And so when, when I think of food education, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be tomatoes. But where you're, you have you have some connection to the food of the land and that it's not all been packaged and processed and removed of any flavor and then had McDonald's or somebody put the food, put their flavor back into it because the flavor is now the product. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting you bring up Jamie Oliver. There was something I read that I forgot about. So this was a conversation of people in the UK kind of debating um, the issue of restricting junk food and advertisements and everything. So there was someone that said they, you know, I was at one of the schools that Jamie Oliver came to 
and redid our, you know, the, the, the meal plan at the school. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, lower income school. And they said, you know, they were trying to get us to eat healthy. They add all these, you know, salads and healthier entrees, but the low income students can't afford them. So they're like, you know, they have all these healthy options for us, but we can't afford them. So we ended up going to Tesco, which is, um, <laughs> you know, uh, like UK 7-Eleven um, and getting, you know, crisps and cookies and junk because that's all we could afford. And there was something similar that happened. Uh, he did the same show in the United States like a year later. Um, he did the same thing with a tomato, but but with a potato. Mm. Uh, and this is where French fries come from. And the mm-hmm. kids freaked out. And they redid the lunch, the school lunch program here. It was paid for by the state. He actually showed it could be done cheaper than using the mass produced stuff Mm. and the frozen salted processed foods. Um, But despite that, a year after when they did the follow up, the school had gone back to using all the frozen processed foods. And their excuse was, well, kids liked the chocolate milk better well, than I, they liked the regular I, I will milk. say one of the problems, because schools have tried this, where, you know, let's give the kids an apple. All the apples end up in the trash can. We yeah. give the we give the kids a choice between white milk and chocolate milk. The white milk never gets picked up. If you give it to them, it just goes in the trash. See, the mm. way I was raised was like, you know what? Oh, that's fine. If you're not hungry, just don't take it and you'll eat the next meal. You know, like, well, don't get me started on children's menus. I think that was the death of of cuisine in, in this country. <laughs> I Yeah. To this day, I'm shocked how many parents make a separate meal for their kids. Or, like, and as I say, a children's menu, what's how, how ridiculous that children can't eat the same food as, as other people. Well, I could see a children's menu at a restaurant in that it's cheaper, you know, smaller oh, portions, for portion sizes. Yeah. But what the children's yeah. menu ends up being is French fries and chicken fingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Plain hamburger, grilled cheese, chicken fingers. Pizza. Um, pizza. B- oh, you mean a fast food menu? Yes, yes. The children's menu is the fast food menu of the restaurant. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. But so it's that's what uh, that's what's on our mind. <laughs> that's that's what's going on in uh, Euro Disney land. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, little little bit of the whole world is fat phobia you know, over the pond and how yes. it affects us. There you go, Trevor. Do you have a tip this week? I do. Um, so I have talked about NAFA, the National Association for the Advancement of Fat Acceptance, has a new website, which I think I mentioned, one of the times I've mentioned it before, I think I was like, oh, there's a website, and they're going to be redoing it. It was, you know, the same website that they had in 1994. Now it is brand new. It is lovely. Um, it was put together by one, I don't know, let's say 72-year-old mm-hmm. woman on her own with the help of uh, Squarespace Tech Support. Oh. It is hmm. phenomenal. Uh, it is user friendly now. Check it out. Um, and and my f- my favorite feature is um, on the uh, the page where there are the uh, newsletters. There are old newsletters from like you know 1969, 1973 that are in lovely, readable, searchable form. You can is- search for keywords. You can search for stuff you're looking for if you're trying to do research. If you're in fat studies or looking to do yes. stuff like that. Well, and the thing I really appreciate too is, you know, you might think, well, why would I want to look at old newsletters, especially newsletters from like, you know, the 80s, the 70s, because NAFA started in 1969. The reason is because sometimes you're you're new to the whole fatosphere and this the political side of fat, and you you think like, oh, we're just starting to take up these issues. It's like, no, these issues have been going on for a long time. And what does that look like 
1970? What does that look like in 1980? What was being talked about? And it's 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 a lot like the civil rights movement where you see like, wow, this is the same conversation we we were having. We're mm-hmm. having it a little bit differently because of various because we're a different society now. But it's really interesting to see how the organ this particular organization how they did publicity, how they did activism, because you're like, oh, you know, we could, you know, we're not going to do it that way, but we could do it this way, informed by that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So yeah. I brought a bit. Oh, wonderful. yay. Shall we? Yay. I figured since we'd be talking so much about music and Lizzo and Netta today that I would do a deep dive into some trivia about some of our favorite larger than life singers. I'm going to so mm-hmm. suck at this. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, too. I do not follow music. So this oh, was man. one of the... The hardest research ones I've done so far. Trevor, it's uh, all on you. I've got, a, I've got a couple here I think are interesting. So let's see. Which of the following singers do not know how to read music? Hmm. One, the notorious B.I.G. Two, Meatloaf. Three, Queen Latifah. Or four, Netta. I'm going to say Meatloaf. I don't know why, but that seems like. Okay, Michael pulling out the Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I, I'm very <laughs> proud of myself that I know who all these people are. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's my victory for today. <laughs> Good job. Good job. I'm going to say Netta because she is more kind of pop with, you know, it's kind of electronica. And you mentioned she used the looper. Mm-hmm. So I can see her being, uh, she seems very like listening auditory based. So I can see that maybe she wouldn't know how to read music. So Michael's with Meatloaf and Trevor's with Netta. And the correct answer is Meatloaf. Wow. He has never learned how to read music. I feel like I heard that. He would do anything for love. But he won't (laughs) learn learn how to read music. Yes. That's what the song's about. (laughs) Okay. Question two. Who claims that their time working with Prince made them the artists they are today? One, Meatloaf. (laughs) Two, Lizzo. Three, Adele. Or four, CeeLo Green. Hmm. Huh. I'm going to go with CeeLo Green because I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I'm willing to bet you actually know some of his music. That's possible. You, you would know him possible. if you saw him. Uh, maybe heard the music. I think CeeLo also, just yeah. because I'm looking at the time frame. But All right. I, we got two for CeeLo. I'm going to say CeeLo as well because the, the timing, the styles. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we have three for CeeLo. The correct answer, according to my research, which now I'm getting nervous about, (laughs) is in fact Lizzo. What? Lizzo collaborated with Prince for his 2014 album uh, Plectrum Electrum for the song Boy Trouble. And she said she called working with Prince a surreal experience and it was like a fairy tale. Prince is dead, right? Yes. Yeah. When did he die? Um, I want to say 2016 with everyone else. That was awesome. Yeah. April 2016. Uh, Third question. Whose biggest hit was recorded at 4 a.m. after a binge in a bar? Lizzo, <laughs> Barry White, Mama Cass, mm. or Is, also known as Israel Kamakawaiwaole. Because I can never pronounce that name. I'm Native Hawaiian. I'm very embarrassed by it. Kamakawaiwaole. Well done. <laughs> I'm going to say Mama Cass. I don't know if she was a, a drinker or not, but... I like her and I'm, I'm, I just want to say her name. So there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to say Lizzo just because Michael said Mama Cass so we can have cover some all variety. the bases. I, I, gotcha. I, I have I have an idea it's Mama Cass too, but for no good reason. So yeah, Michael must be right. <laughs> so you're going Mama Cass? <laughs> you, you're taking your life in your hands with that all one. Right. We got two for Mama Cass. We got one for Lizzo. And the correct answer is 
Israel Kamakawi Owole. <laughs> really? Yeah, him too. Yes. <laughs> um, there's actually a great story online told from the perspective of the sound engineer who recorded him that night. Hmm. Uh, he was packing up to go home at like 2.30 in the morning. Uh, someone who works is someone who uh, came in to record all the time, asked him if he'd be willing to stay for one quick recording. And apparently this guy bring in, bring in young women all the time to say like, oh, yeah, we're going to record a track that he'd sleep with and then he'd never see them again. But then this six foot four, 500 pound guy shows up at the studio. He's terrified of him, puts out, a, has to go find a chair that can support him, sits down. And he described the way he described the experience was afterwards was like, this is why I got into music. Mm. This moment mm. was the reason why I got into music in that it was, again, one of those tracks that was performed once mm. at four o'clock in the morning and done perfectly. And now echoes through all of our our music for all time. Do, I love that song. Do you know the track or the piece or the book? That book? was what a wonderful somewhere. world. Oh, it was the the. It was uh, that piece. You mean somewhere over if, the rainbow or somewhere over the rainbow? What a wonderful world. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a mashup of the two. Oh, gotcha. And it, apparently, like because it was so early in the morning and they were both tired, when you listen to that song, you can hear him breathing very heavily. Mm. There's sort of, and that's because four a.m. didn't know what it was going to be and magic. Yeah. Okay, last question. Which of the following singers wasn't allowed to join a band because one of the artists already in it said they were too fat? Mm. A, Big Pun, B, Aretha Franklin, C, Mama Cass, or D, Barry White? Well, Mama Cass had a band, and I, so I don't think it's her. Unless it was a, just a different band that she tried to join beforehand. Mm. Uh, I don't know anything about Big Pun. I want to say Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin? Yeah, I would go with that. Yeah. It's a long I, I and storied right history. There. Yeah. Yeah, I think Aretha Franklin. All right. Sure. All three going for Aretha Franklin. And the correct answer is Mama Cass. <gasps> oh, no. Really? Okay. The original was, story goes that Mama was? Cass ached to join the Mamas and the Papas, but John Phillips wouldn't let her in because she couldn't sing the high notes their songs required. Um, they came up with a story after the fact saying that she was hit on the head by a falling pipe. And when she recovered from the concussion, she could miraculously sing the high notes. Uh, she joined the group and the rest is history. But the truth is. Oh, okay. Mama Cass uh, did say that repeatedly, but uh, apparently they say that John Phillips wouldn't let her in because she was too fat. And they both made up the story and stuck to it because both of them were too embarrassed to admit that. Wow. Oh. Do you want a light fluffy one to close on? I do have oh, one. Oh, God, yes, please. One. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Here's a nice little fluffy one to finish up on. All right. Which of the following artists has had an asteroid named after them by NASA? A, Aretha Franklin, <laughs> B, Pavarotti, C, Carlos mm. Santana, or mm. D, Enya, because why not? <laughs> Wait, Enya's not fat, is she? I'm going to... No, neither is Santana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Aretha Franklin again, because that would be awesome. Come on, it's Aretha Franklin. Yeah, Aretha. Aretha the asteroid. I uh, feel cool. like uh, NASA is more of like... It has to be Pavarotti or Santana. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go with Pavarotti. I am too. I'm going with Pavarotti. Yeah. Okay, we got okay. two Pavarottis. We got one Aretha Franklin. And the correct answer is all of them. Oh! You are all correct. Yay. There We're is an asteroid named Aretha Franklin. There is an asteroid named Pavarotti uh, circling around the earth and making it a better place. Well, thank you, Don, for Yay. that question, because that means I got one. You did. <laughs> Congratulations. And we have dad on the board. Yeah. And yeah, ascended uh, to her true form. The, it's actually she an asteroid. They didn't <laughs> name it after her. It's just her. <laughs> 
All right, guys, time to bring it home. <laughs> We're all home. Thank you for rubbing that in. Yes. <laughs> you dick. Bring it home and it's finally stay there. out of my mind, out of my home, just for an hour. Bring it home and stay there forever. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Um, I'm happy in my secured location. Thanks for joining us for another yes. hour of uh, Big Fat Gay Podcast. Welcome to season two. Uh, we're gonna try and and we. I just wanted to send out a <laughs> have, quick message. Uh, I friended some of our listeners over Facebook over the past couple months. Um, I have seen some of you posting uh, that you are having experiences with COVID right now. And I just want to send encouragement. I want to send love. I want you to know that we are behind you and we completely know you're going to get through this. And I look forward to getting your emails after you are hale, hearty and healthy and back out on the street. You're here. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Get well soon. Let's do the get well, get well soon. We want you to get well. Get Is that well, a thing? Get well soon. We want you we to want get you well. To get well. I've never heard this before. I have no idea. But I agree with what it's you're on saying. It's Pavarotti's last album. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a Pavarotti deep cut. <laughs> and you can find that deep cut <laughs> on go, our go, go. various social media and website. We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Our website is www.bigfatgaypod.com. Leave mm-hmm. us a five-star review. Send us the mail. Uh, yeah. Answer the question I asked earlier that I forgot what it was. <laughs> uh, see any of the articles and other media that we've referenced on the website if you're interested in checking out more. Yes. And if you're driving home. Yeah, if you're driving. You're not driving home because where are you going? Because we got locked be down again. You're at home because... <laughs> You have to be and uh, stay there. You're listening. And, and what's that here. in your backseat? It's your backseat. Yeah, because you're not in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, You're finishing up now and I'm going to hit stop. So watch out. <laughs> <laughs>